Welcome into Bearcat Rewind. Thank you for joining us as we have a special podcast number 90 for you today. It's homecoming week at Northwest Missouri State. Of course, there's always so much going on around town and on campus. Alumni back in Maryville to take it all in. And it all culminates with a football game on Saturday as Northwest Missouri State hosts Nebraska Kearney. There's a lot riding on that football game. So today, we brought in a former Northwest student-athlete that has first-hand experience of playing in front of a packed Bearcat stadium and also his fair share of some big-time games. Bryce Young makes a stop by the podcast here today. Bryce was a terrific athlete coming up at Chillicothe High School, and he came to Northwest Missouri State and made an impact on the football field at wide receiver and as a returner on special teams. Bryce was an all-MIAA performer, an MIAA scholar-athlete, a leader within the program, and also just a charismatic guy that always had a smile on his face. So it was a lot of fun catching up with Bryce and talking Northwest Missouri State football here today. Now, Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Missouri State Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu foundation. And Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Bryce Young is our guest on today's podcast discussing homecoming at Northwest Missouri State. The work he put in his freshman year to lift his game so he could become an impact player and a leader. And also graduating from one of Maryville's rival high schools, what it took for him to make that jump to join the green and white. Let's dive into this week's Bearcat Rewind. We're joined by an old Northwest Missouri State football favorite on today's Bearcat Rewind. We have Bryce Young, a Chillicothe, Missouri native, joining us. He played wide receiver for the Bearcats from 2010 to about 2014 coming in. And Bryce, how are things? What's what's new with you? Hey, Matt. I, well, first of all, big fan, longtime listener, Real honor to be here with you. Um, I know there's a ton of folks that you can probably reach out to and be a part of this, so I'm just honored and just excited to be talking to you. It's been a long time. Um, a lot of life stuff has happened since those days of football ended in, what, 2014, 2015, whatever year that was. Got married. I have twin daughters. I got a dog living in Kansas City. Um, just attempting to survive each day is probably the summary there but great to be here that's awesome that's the best way to go about it is just to kind of keep your head above water every day and just keep on moving forward um it so you have twin daughters and, and just diving right into it too i mean you got to tell me end of the day i mean we're recording this in an evening it's about seven forty, going on eight o'clock i mean are you more exhausted now or after like a really intense bearcat football practice in the summer <laughs> Ooh, ooh, that's that's really tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with now. <laughs> just not just the physical aspect because that was definitely more back in the day with that. Just body beat up, feet just tore up. Now it's just the mental exhaustion is outweighing the physical. I'm gonna go with that, and it is. It is roughly seven thirty around here. I've been known to fall asleep anytime from now to 9 p.m. So if there's a long pause in this, I might have dozed off for a second, but I'll be back. <laughs> well, yeah, and as we talked about before, that's just kind of, you know, people fall asleep when I'm talking, and I get that. It's still serving a purpose if it's allowing you to relax. Um, 
But I was talking with a buddy last week, and you know we're we're getting to be old men now, and we have kids, and and uh, we were talking, and he's like, you know, it's just the mental exhaustion that that just gets you down. Of you go work for eight hours, and then you go home, and the kids don't lose energy. You know, if you go back seven, eight years, yeah. it's you go through, you have a hard football practice or a game, you're exhausted, and then it's like. Well, guys, it's almost nine thirty. We should probably get ready to go out by ten or ten fifteen if we're going to go yeah. to this party. Like life really changes on you really quick, like that. Yeah, absolutely, it does. It, it absolutely it does. Oh my goodness, it's back. And then too, you're a you're a younger dude, so you've got just that natural energy. And after I don't know what age it was that hit where the metabolism starts to slow down. You got to actually pay attention to what you eat. You got to work out for no reason by yourself. It's all that stuff. And then throw the kids into the mix. And that gives you the reason to do all that. But you're still just absolutely exhausted. But then you, I've been trying to just say, well, let's let's make it to bed. And then let's get up and do it again. It's going to be an awesome day because I actually get to wake up to tiny little humans that I created. They had, that helps out a little bit. Exactly. That's that's the perfect way to look at it too. As you go through each day, even the frustrations, you kind of you can flip a switch pretty quick and be like, oh yeah, that's that's still a pretty good blessing to have right there. So um, yeah, absolutely. And as I expected, we'd be three and a half minutes in and getting very very deep into our conversation. So we'll pull back now. Um, but we're talking Northwest Missouri State football. It's homecoming week with the Bearcats. A big matchup with Nebraska Kearney coming up. Um, you're about seven years removed from putting the pads on at Northwest. Um, as we go into homecoming, does that still give you some goosebumps when you look at the calendar? Or if you, you look at the schedule and you see it's this week and it kind of takes you back to some memories, does it kind of get the juices flowing just a little bit? Absolutely, every time it does. And I've, I've done a relatively decent job, as I think all alumni do, keeping up with the Bearcats on Twitter watching MIAA Network from time to time, been known to throw that up on the TV with some airplay. But we all, I think once you get done, there's just that natural kind of long breath of, oh, okay, that part of life is over. Let's refocus on another one. But you always keep up with everything that's going on. And each week, I think each week since I've been out, or even while I was there, all the, the hype videos that get posted out there, on social media and anything that I look at just continue to get better. And you'd be a fool to say you don't get goosebumps when you're scrolling through and seeing some of that stuff, thinking about thinking about the old days and, and some of those things that you were involved in. So I, I still get jacked up every week, no doubt. As someone that's actually run out of the tunnel onto Mill Churchman Field, does homecoming feel different than any other game day at Bearcat Stadium when you kind of think about from walkout day to the parade and then the actual bam? Game day's here. Yes, absolutely. It was a, for us, <clears throat> the main focus, I know, was Coach T, my, my true freshman year, and then, you know, through Coach Doral after that, was our job through homecoming week, you win the football game. Because it's kind of like a little bit of a deflated balloon. If you have this hype all week, crowds all pumped up, the, the game day atmosphere is on another level, and then you just lay an egg in the football game, that can't happen. Not an option. So as the as the football side of it, you take care of business, and it's pretty easy to do that week because there is it's usually I don't know halfway through the season, maybe a little bit later than that. It's a little bit a little bit colder too, so you get that more football weather feel. 
but it is just raised another level for homecoming because the the rest of the student body, the band, your alumni coming back, your friends, family are usually in town to come like the one game a year they're going to come back and watch. So it's definitely another level uh, for homecoming, no doubt. And and everything thrown into it right there that the whole week and the whole weekend centers around kickoff coming up at 2 o'clock this weekend against uh, Nebraska Kearney. But this is also a big game for playoff implications, MIAA title implications. I think that's plenty right there. But when you think, too, especially a guy like yourself that grew up in the area and probably feels a little bit more, is there more pressure from just knowing that folks in the community, just seeing you around, knowing you who you are? And do you feel that extra pressure from everyone around Bearcat Nation that it's like, huh, this is a big football game and everybody's, everybody's watching us this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. In in the moment when you talk, I remember you know talking to the media a few times, or just your your general outlook on it. In that moment, you tell yourself it's just another game. I'm going to prepare the same way. It just happens to be an asterisk on the schedule that says homecoming. The game is still going to be played on the same field. You that's the mindset you have to have during it. But looking back on it, absolutely, there is a little bit of extra added pressure, not only put on by outside people but also yourself so it's from from my perspective coming from Chillicothe in Maryville and Northwest kind of in my eyes taking a chance on me right uh for, to get me to come play football for that town absolutely an extra pre- added pressure because you played those guys who played Maryville high school in high school uh in every sport and, and all that so the people in the community just naturally knew you a little bit more probably maybe even expected a little bit more out of you because you were from there and you may have put it to their football and basketball teams a time or two. And so there's a little bit of that extra added layer to it, and you'd be silly if you said that you don't feel a little bit more. So, yeah, growing up in Chillicothe, that was a huge rival of Maryville. And I remember those football games on Friday nights, and um, those were can't-miss games between the Hornets and the Spoofhounds. How did you go through in that senior year when you're kind of thinking about that next step and what's best for Bryce Young? Was it a little bit hard at times to justify coming to Maryville for five years and giving a good chunk of your life to a town that I would guess at times you really didn't like a whole lot? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. I actually, I don't know if I've told anyone this, uh, but it was, I believe, so my dad was in Missouri National Guard, uh, recently retired, you know, a, a little while ago, but he, um, just in that you at least have the opportunity to move around a little bit while you're growing up um you know i think thankfully for me we didn't have to but i think there was a decision point middle school sixth seventh eighth grade one of those three where he was looking to get moved you know it would have been a promotion for him but it was going to be in maryville and i remember them having that conversation with me i think it was eighth grade having that conversation that said hey we're thinking about doing this and i said Absolutely not. I'm going to call all my friends and end up living and staying with them. I'm not moving to Maryville. And that was, like, say, eighth grade. So go, you know, fast forward through up to high school, big rivals with their football just beat me up game after game. We we got ahead of them uh, junior year, one of the best games I've ever been involved in, the 29-28 final. Um, and then senior year losing, I think, 6 nothing, something crazy like that. Um, and then going through the – the thought process of potential colleges looking elsewhere and then just saying, oh, I really want to go to the Northwest, but I'm not sure if I can move to Maryville. I already said no once. I don't know if I can 
physically go there. And if they ask me to go to a high school game like Root on the Spoof Hounds, that will absolutely not happen. Uh, but it, it ultimately just ended up so nice, and I don't think I would trade the experience of those four and a half years for anything else. With the Maryville guys on the roster, or even if, if any co- coming up through the, the coaching staff, of course, Adam Doyle, a Maryville native, um, as your head coach after Coach T retired, were there was there some barbs being traded as you kind of went throughout each of those seasons? I know JB was your quarterback, too, there for a while. I mean, was there some discussion that was a little bit heated at times between the rivals? Without a doubt. And if if there wasn't, then I would have been upset to be involved in a rivalry that was left. <laughs> so they, I remember those guys, I don't know, what was it? I think it was, I don't know what year it ended up being, but I think I, I think someone was interviewing me or asking me something about predictions for the Maryville Chillicothe game. And I said, Chillicothe in a route. And I don't think for the four and a half or the four years being in, in Maryville, I don't think Chillicothe won one football game against them. We got blown out a couple times. And those guys let me have it each and every week that happened. And it happened quite frequently. I had no rebuttal. But you, you can't say, you can't say, Probably a close game that the spoof hounds squeak out. You have to go big every time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not going to say we squeak out a, a one point victory. Absolutely not. Also gets some of those fans riled up. I, I remember um, going to. I don't. I, and again, who knows what year this was? But I gave the the pregame speech to the Chillicothe locker room when they played Maryville at Maryville, and uh, stayed. I think I got to stay for the first half, and we had to go get dinner or something. Uh, but we went out and we're leading after I think the first quarter, first half by a score or two. And then, you know, of course, Maryville had to come back and win by three or four scores in the back. But I'd like to think that some of that animosity led up to a pretty fiery pregame <laughs> speech uh, that maybe scored, you know, a couple points for him. Who knows? I couldn't imagine what like a, a fiery Bryce Young, I know it's in there somewhere and <laughs> being a competitor, but always a guy with a smile on his face. It's just hard for me to picture that in my mind. It, it very, very, very rarely happens. So I think when it does, it means a little bit more than from a guy who's naturally fiery. So that was my, at least that was my play. I, it worked for at least 15 minutes. At least. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you come to Northwest Missouri State, but I know there was some other interest from other schools around, particularly Missouri Western. And, and I remember uh, working in St. Joe at the time and hearing rumblings about that. Then you end up in Maryville. But was there any serious consideration to any other school? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the MIAA, Missouri Western, was up there. recruited me pretty hard. Uh, you know, decent relationship with, uh, with Coach Partridge and, and then playing against Travis from Savannah uh, a couple of years, football, basketball, baseball, uh, you know, just in high school. So I had a pretty good relationship with them. Um, ended up not, not going that direction. Uh, but, yeah, there was, there was some consideration of those guys and uh, more of a – I think of a long-term play, academic uh, play. There's some interest from some Ivy League schools, some of the uh, the, the armed forces schools as well. Uh, but ultimately, um, and like I said before, I could not imagine having a different experience anywhere else. So uh, I, I usually subscribe to, you know, not looking back and not not regretting anything because that makes you who you are. So um, you know, is probably the one of the best decisions of my life um but yeah absolutely just naturally being from chillicothe that missouri western stuff's going to be there but um uh, i I think i said if i was going to go um somewhere and play i wanted to to earn a spot and compete for a national championship and those those were probably the two deciding factors 
And you come to Northwest Missouri State and you're brought in. It was Mel Churchman as the head coach, a legend here for the Bearcats. Adam Doral takes over after that, after Coach T retires. It's now Rich Wright, who was the D.C. at the time when you were coming up through the program. As an alum, when you think about the continuity we've seen from the coaching staff, I mean, how important is that not seeing outsiders step in and completely you know, wipe out the staff and change philosophies? It's kind of that same thing and that same Bearcat culture we've seen since 1994. Yeah, yeah, and it's, for me... Um, going back that far, being a part of it, and the coach right at the helm now, there's there's really no difference um, from what I've seen. Coach T laying that foundation for for others to follow, and Coach Boss with Coach Doral, um, and now Coach Wright. It's it's awesome to see as someone who went there, someone who felt the culture at the time, to see that continue going forward. And I think that's something that's just at a D2 level, D1 level, professional level even, you don't get to see that, that continuity remain the same for more than, you know, four or five years tops of those turnovers and those changes. But it, it multiple people have said, we say it all the time, but Northwest is just a special place. It's a different place, a special place, kind of a, a black hole of specialness uh, within there. And it's, it's awesome to see that continue through and, and, you know, there's naturally going to be changes of the guard, tiny nuances, but if it, it stays rooted in that culture and that, that established just victory culture where you do things the correct way, you take care of, of things throughout the week, Saturday takes care of itself. If that remains an underlying thing for a very long time, you'll see that continued success. And it's just, it's awesome to, to, to be in workplaces or, you know, post-college life for quite a while. And when people asked where you graduated from, where you went to school from, what you did in college, it's it's a proud thing to say I went to Northwest. And even, you know, another layer to say that, that I played football there was fortunate to win a national championship. But it's just that extra that extra little layer um, of pride, and it's, it's great to see that continue. And the hard work and the blue-collar attitude that comes along with it, not necessarily of uh, we're a prestigious school, we don't have to work for it. I mean, that that blue collar mentality still comes through year after year after year of having to earn your spot. And there was one story that I I've heard about you and this came about more recently that I had to ask just to kind of get your take on if it's true, if it's not to clarify it. Um, 2010 you're red shirting. Um, that was a team coming off a national title in 2009. So obviously the bar set high you're on scout team offense and just torching the defense, beating them play after play as a scout team wide receiver then finally this, they decided that they were going to shut up the new kid, and supposedly you got hit pretty hard there in practice. Laid out, they thought they sent the message, then you went back to the huddle, came out, beat them the very next play, made a catch, and, and got up the field. How much of that's true? Is is any of it? Do you remember it? Can you uh, shed some light on that for us? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to dust off the, the cobwebs, butterflies floating <laughs> around in my noggin out there from from likely that hit and so many others uh, but I do remember I do remember that 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 true freshman year a lot just because you're so tightly knit with you the freshman that came in with you and it was as a as a receiver unit myself Jason Josetis Brian Buttry at the time was playing um tight end receiver for us and those those two kind of set the tone outside and I remember multiple times Buttry and Josetis going up over RJ Ryan Jones and Welch and some of those other guys and, and making some plays from time to time. And that you could definitely tell as that happened throughout the year, there was, all right, 
as a starting defense, we're going to raise our level here a few times. And I, and I, I remember playing most of the year kind of subbing in at running backs. I know we had quite a few guys kind of get injured, just dinged up a little bit and having some running back experience. I just jumped in there, looked at the play sheet, you know, and ran the plays. And I, I do remember, I don't know who it was, but yeah, there was, there was one practice. I couldn't tell you which week it was where we, we were making those throws and catches on the outside. And then I was kind of running screens and other things on the inside. And I do remember one, one practice getting hit pretty darn hard um and popping right back up and then i think we called a halfback wheel out of the out of the background uh out of the backfield that i caught for a touchdown um you know and then then after that there were there were more hits after that and maybe a little bit extra curriculars in the pile there that normally doesn't happen throughout a normal week uh but we had i mean we had a ton of fun that that freshman year um scout team uh i think they they gave me scout team player of the year for that and it was just mostly just filling in and it, the the whole thing was to give these guys a good look like we're not we didn't come here to to not play well even if we're playing scout team for this true freshman year you know coming in we're the probably big dogs at the high school we just came from so we're not used to getting thrown around right so it's it was uh it was a good balance of that and uh yeah there were there were plenty of, of tones set um on me across the middle a few times it's also kind of a good tone setter for what the MIAA is going to be like once you do get into those varsity games. But I would have to think you see so many guys that do come in that are highly touted high school kids. They go through that redshirt year. It's a year of the Joe Q in the weight room. It's a year of kind of getting mentally right for what college football is. And then after they come out of that, really a chance to take off. And, um, again, you're a product of that, of really able to kind of take all that in, take some of those big hits, and bounce right back. Yeah, that was that was it. You got you had to had to balance and go through probably the hardest workouts you've ever done. Likely that morning at four or five a.m. Right with with Joe in the weight room, and then head to class, knock that out, get a quick nap, go do some film study, hop out on practice, and you're going against that year and probably every year as a scout team guy, probably the best Division two football defense you're going to face all year. So that gets you prepared right from the jump, right? You know, 5 a.m. workouts, getting used to all that stuff, and then going up against the best guys every day. And it wasn't just your true freshman year there, too. We brought in, and we had some absolutely ridiculously good defenses in my time playing there throughout all four years of playing, plus the the true freshman year. And that was that was something that made you better on both sides of the ball because you're going to go against the best side of the ball likely that you go against all year and be going up against Brandon and Brian Dixon every day in one-on-ones. You're, you're going to sit there and tell me I'm not going to get a little bit better from that. So it's just <laughs> iron sharpens iron all year long. So and as you go through that, of course, things click whenever you're that talented, you've got that much going on in practice behind the scenes in the locker room and you're at Northwest Missouri state, the talent that's coming in, things get put together over time. 2013, 15-0 season, uh, you know, close call against UCM back in week two, uh, close call at Arrowhead Stadium against Pittsburgh State a little bit later on down the line. Outside of those two games, it just felt like there's no chance anybody in the country is keep, keeping up with this football team. You guys were just kind of a machine in 2013. Yeah, that was, I mean, without a doubt, probably the best 
group of human beings together to do one thing that I've ever been a part of, um, especially in, a, in the athletic setting. That, that team was just stacked from top to bottom. And everything, in, in, a, in a national championship year, I think from that one versus some of the other years that I played and then seeing, uh, you know, 15, 16, those guys go through and run things as well. It's, there's a lot of things that have to fall into line and fall into place for not only a perfect season, but a national championship to happen. You got to remain relatively injury free. Things have to happen. No off the field issues, none of that thing. And that team that year in 2013, just everything that could have went our way felt like it did. Um, and I think our mentality was that's a product of all the work that we put in throughout the week to come together on Saturday. And that was, that was just awesome to, for me on that team playing a couple years, um, you know, and then playing a ton in high school and things like that. It was just awesome to be just a, a piece of the puzzle, right? Rather than the guy putting the puzzle together that you can play more free that way. The pressure's off a little bit, but you're still balancing. I'm not going to be the weak link in this chain for this team because this team is that good. I'm not going to be the guy to drop the pass on third down. And I think every, all 22, um, you know, 33, even offense, defense, special teams had that mentality. And I think that's the special stuff that comes together for a, for a national championship team. And that team had it um, in spades. And so this is a loaded question. I've got a little bit more on 2013 to ask you about, but you mentioned 2015 and 16 also going 15-0 and 0 back-to-back and, and two other tremendous teams. Both were very strong, obviously. Um, what's your take? Which which team do you think was uh, the best of those? Could 2013 take 15 and 16? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's tough. That's tough. Some old teammates in there, too. Because we've talked about it. And three teams Um, with uh, three different quarterbacks starting throughout the year with Adams, uh, Bowles, and Zimmerman. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I'm going to say 2013. And and here's, here's the reasoning behind it. I think when that question is asked and it spans more than just two or three years, like when you ask about NBA teams or ask about individual players or something like that when you're asking about a team who's going to beat who and it's from different eras or times i think you look at what folks on that team went and did afterwards and i think if you look at like the folks on 2013 who went further and played in the nfl got on practice teams in the nfl went to the next level and did things on there i i could go back and look and bring up some stats or something probably but i think you're going to have more of those type of guys on 2013 and not only because I was on the team, but also that, of course, I'm going to say 2013 to beat those guys. <laughs> well, and you guys, you know, had to be road dogs in the national championship, too. You didn't get that luxury of Kansas City right down the road. Oh, that's very true. That's very true. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. We didn't play in our backyard down there like like those guys did. I had to go down probably closer to Lenore Ryan than it was. You know, it's Sporting KC down there. You know, nice, better, you know, nicer locker rooms, all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Give it, give the edge to us on that one. Although any Bearcat fan that's listening knows that Florence, Alabama, is probably as much of a Bearcat town as anywhere outside of Maryville. Like that place loves yeah. Northwest Missouri State. Yeah, I I saw some pictures from my from my folks going down there. I think uh, I think they took over at least two bars. At least, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
one game in 2013 that sticks out, other than, of course, UCM and Pitt, as I mentioned. But heading into the regular season finale, and, and the Bearcats were rolling 10-0, and had been untouchable for quite a few weeks in a row at that point. Missouri Western's 8-2. You're playing in St. Joseph. They played really well to that point in the season. I think it was the year before that they had just come to Northwest Missouri State and, and beat the Bearcats in their home field to win the MIAA championship. That was one that was hyped up big time going in. Griffins felt pretty confident they could come in and play with Northwest Missouri State. That first drive of the game, uh, I remember Trevor Adams throwing one up to you down the field, and there was a big-time wind going on that game. I think it was in your guys' face to start that that uh, ball game. Yeah. Trevor throws one up, and I'm like, why would he do that? Why don't you guys run on the football? And it was just, it was perfect. It dropped right into your hands, put you guys in the red zone. He scored a few plays later. I'm like, oh, well, this isn't going to be a game at all. I mean, it just got that yeah. feeling right away with you guys that one big play, and that, that was going to be it. Yeah, actually, I, I remember all of that that game very vividly, too. Um, the wind, as you mentioned, is something that sticks out to me. Coming out, you know, before a game, special teams goes out there um, as a part of that. Uh, didn't hold kicks that year, but, you know, returned punts, returned kicks, um, especially the punts part. So we went out early. And that was when Missouri Western had uh, old Greg the Leg Zerline transfer from UNO and play. And I just remember just the sound of that dude kicking a football was something different than I'd ever heard. And I remember just because the wind was swirling, is going sideways, who knows what direction it was. But he was just grooving like 70-yard bombs, uh, field goals before the game. And I was like, oh, these guys get past the 50 you can chalk up three points for those guys. It was unbelievable. And that I do remember that that first drive. Um, yeah, I think it's like a backside post. It normally doesn't get thrown, but I had to step on, I think it was Mike Jordan, um, on that one. And, and uh, barely caught just the, t- the the front tip of that thing and, and laid out for that one. And that, that set us up, and exactly as you said, that, that first drive, getting that momentum, ended up beating those guys by 30. Um, yeah, that was a huge win. It's always a huge win. Me go and go and beat those guys in St. Joe. You, all of you wideouts and Trevor seem to be like just on another level chemistry wise. Was there something, and of course he, it wasn't his first year of starting either, but was there something about Trevor Adams and yourself and Josetus and Ruben and the rest of those guys that just clicked a little bit different? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we, you know, earlier in the year in summer, I think we, we changed up how we all got together and ran routes, did seven-on-seven. Seven. More, you know, led, led from within, and Trevor took that over, and that, that was the biggest thing. You felt comfortable um, getting calls from him. You felt comfortable running routes. You felt comfortable with the ball in the air. He threw a very catchable ball, and that's not to say people always say that, and they're like, well, he threw it kind of soft. And no, guy had some heat behind it, but he threw a very catchable um, ball and we just had I, I think it was just the confidence in, in the in the comfort uh, that you have with a guy I think you know the second year starting you know whatever it ended up being uh, for him for that but he was just he was in command of of everything and I think when you know what the heck you're doing that confidence comes through and we I mean just top to bottom too as receivers in every meeting that we had I kind of talked to a earlier we didn't want to let anybody down we weren't going to be the weak link we weren't going to go third and six not get open not get separation on a guy drop the ball. That wasn't going to be our position group. 
And so that was our mentality. If the ball was with anywhere within our radius, within the garage door for us to catch, we were going to go make that play for him. And that was our that was our mentality all time. In 2013, 15-0, wrapping it up a 43-28 national championship win over Lenore Ryan. Just uh, another fantastic football game there that so many memories popping up as you kind of go through. And, and one of the beauties of looking back on all these Northwest seasons, that sometimes it does run together when you try to think about all the different individual wins. But, of course, that one's standing out big time. But, uh, Bryce, I have a couple more I'll leave you with, and then I'll let you go. I appreciate letting me bother you here on a Thursday evening like this. Um, but it's a big weekend. It's homecoming weekend. Um, on top of that, and maybe more importantly in the Young household, it's also Halloween weekend. What is the Young family Halloween costume that you're going as? Ooh, great question. Great question. We landed on, because my wife and I are kind of cut from a very similar cloth with regard to Halloween, where we we get after the costumes, we get into character and we don't break from that. So we've been just her and I, Joker, Harley Quinn, when that was big. Wait, which one of you is um, Harley Quinn? Fair <laughs> question. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just picturing you as Harley Quinn in my mind. Okay. Fair question. <laughs> well, it was up for debate. Flip a coin, right? Uh, we did. We've done those, you know, throughout the year. And, and, and last year, with the girls being, you know, a couple months old, they were just, you know. You know, we're, we're, they're not doing much at that age. So we were Mario Luigi, or we were Mario Peach and two toad, two toadstools. <laughs> so that's the first Halloween we had with the girls. This year we're stepping it up another level. I'm gonna, I'm going to be, I'll be Prince Charming. She's gonna be Cinderella, and those two are gonna be the little mice. The name escapes me, but you know, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll watch that beforehand to get into character. Uh, but they'll be the two little mice. So throw them in some brown outfits throw some ears on them and, and call it a day. That's going to be awesome. They're going to love that. That's going to be great. Oh, uh, Okay. Um, last one I'll leave you with, and this is a, this is another quick one. Um, a little bit of a loaded question though, too, living in the Kansas city area. Uh, who do you think is going to win the AFC West this year? Oh yeah. Raiders guy. You would ask me that one. <laughs> um, I'm wearing the shirt in the studio, so I had to throw it out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you stayed steadfast too. I respect that. I, I actually just went to uh, went down to Nashville last weekend to watch the uh, the, the product we put on the field against mm. the Titans in, in full Chiefs gear, and uh, it's probably been those seven years since I quit playing since I've been booed that hard <laughs> walking out of the stadium before the game ended. So that was not a fun time, but I did welcome the booze. It was kind of nice in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, so I I really hope those guys get it figured out. And as kind of a, a Kansas City guy. Um, I'll stick with the Chiefs. We got we got a ways to go. We'll be all right. Honestly, at this point, when I look at it, I'm still like thinking like, who can lose to make the wild card that much more of a possibility for the Raiders? Because I still bank on the Chiefs getting hot and going ahead and winning the division. Because that's just what happens. It just seems like that the past couple of years, right? You have that feeling, but now watching that in person, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, well, whenever they go out to Las Vegas in a few weeks, if if they lay an egg then, I'll feel okay. But the last 19 years have kind of jaded me on the NFL and how things have gone for the Raiders. 19 years, that's over half my life. That's ridiculous. That is crazy. Well, I mean, as a Chiefs fan, we've only been, we've only been in, in good years just the past couple. So seeing us, seeing us lose a couple games feels all too familiar, you know, as I was growing up and going into high school. So it's, 
I don't I don't like that feeling. Kansas City is a more fun place to be when those guys do well. Let me tell you, with the Chiefs playing well, or when the Royals were ascending and everything like that, I mean that that town does feel so much different and so much more electric with those teams playing well. It's crazy. Yeah. Now we just need an NBA Seriously, team. It's, it's just like uh, it's just like Mayorville, Missouri, in front of a, a homecoming Northwest football game. That's exactly right. That is a great segue and a great way to finish this podcast. Bryce, it is always fantastic talking to you. We should probably not wait about seven years until the next time it happens, but uh, it's good to hear from you again. Absolutely. Let's, let's not do that. We can uh, we can make this as, as regular a thing as, as uh, you know, you'll have me. I'm gonna this hold was you. great, man. I really appreciate it. I'm going to hold you to that then, all right? Perfect. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a great night. Thanks, Matt. Well, thanks again to Bryce Young for joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. Always fun to catch up with Bryce and see how life's going for him, but also kind of relive some of those memories from back in his Bearcat playing days. And I also have to credit my buddy Philip Horn for passing on that story about Bryce during his redshirt season, and it's nasty to take a big hit as a young guy in practice and keep on going. So fun to get some clarity there from Bryce, kind of walking us through that, what that was like, that mentality there as a kid redshirting and and making sure that Northwest defense was still getting good looks from the scout team every day in practice. Be sure to check out some of our archived podcast episodes. Last week we had Steve Savard, a former Northwest Missouri State linebacker from the mid-80s, went on and had a brief cup of coffee with the Dallas Cowboys and injury sidelined the rest of his career, but ended up being the voice of the St. Louis Rams, now working as an evening news anchor down in Springfield, Missouri. So fun catching up with Steve last week, Kevin Burke a couple weeks before that, Jesse Haynes, another former Northwest Missouri State football player. So tons and tons of content here on the Bearcat Rewind podcast. I have to give a shout-out also to Northwest Missouri State Professor Alex Kurt for producing our intro and outro music. And thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind once again. Please subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends about the podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. I'll talk to you again next time.